The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter, where today on the podcast, we are going to talk about bridges. You know, bridges over a highway, bridges that get you from point A to point B, bridges. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to talk about bridges in the NFL and how I am so tired of them. I can't do it anymore, guys. We're going to talk about those bridge quarterbacks and how one just became available. Do the Denver Broncos have interest? I don't know. We'll certainly get to it on the podcast, but first our friends over there at tap 14, 1920 Blake street, just a hop, skip and a jump away from course field, 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Chef Andrea Varela and that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair is just tremendous. Head on over there to tap 14 on the web. That's tap 14.com tap 14.com. Okay. Bridge quarterbacks in the NFL. Why are they called bridge quarterbacks? Because they are notably defined as not the franchise quarterback, not the guy that you're going to have for 10, 15 years, but more so the guy that is the best option to get you there, a.k.a. Case Keenum, a.k.a. Joe Flacco. There's a negative connotation that is attached to that because, well, Case Keenum and Joe Flacco, okay? I am so done Done. D-O-N-E cap locks period underscore bold with bridge quarterbacks. I can't do it anymore, guys. Cannot do this anymore where it's Trevor Simeon, where it's uh, the idea that Mark Sanchez could actually be a bridge quarterback in this uh, situation back a couple years ago, where it's Case Keenum, where it's Joe Flacco. It's time for the Denver Broncos to go feed first in and bank on a quarterback and hope it works because obviously the franchise quarterback is not working. Now, one that just became available is a guy by the name of Cam Newton, reported by Ian Rappaport, rap sheet, of course, on Twitter. Cam Newton and the uh, Carolina Panthers, of course, have been going through this uh, situation where, look, it appears Cam Newton's going to be on the market saying, quote, uh, highly unlikely, end quote, are Cam Newton's chances of returning to the Panthers next year. A trade involving the former MVP appears to be, quote, most likely option, end quote, for the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton. So obviously he's going to be appearing on the market. I talked about this on Twitter, and uh, look, I understand that everybody wants to uh, believe that, uh, look, he could be, somewhat of a bridge quarterback. I understand that, but I would like to go officially on the record in saying I have no interest in Cam Newton being the Denver Broncos quarterback in the future. This is a guy who is going to be 31 next year. He's dealing with uh, injuries left and right from uh, uh, concussions in the past to uh, a back injury to the Liz Franck injury that is likely to need surgery, at least reported by some outlets, uh, potentially at least this year. This is, this is a guy who is beat up and, quite frankly, a lot of people have mentioned in the past, broken, uh, as Von Miller did in 2015 in the Super Bowl. He has not looked the same. And even when he was in his peak, I just didn't understand the love for Cam Newton's game and style. I make no mistake, I have no interest in Cam Newton coming here as a NFL quarterback. Now, there's a lot of discussions about other bridge quarterbacks, and one of them comes to name in Teddy Bridgewater. 
I want to also make it very, very clear. I have no interest in having Teddy bridge water here. Bridge is literally in his name. Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. Teddy Bridgewater has been a mediocre quarterback at best in the NFL. Teddy Bridgewater has never shown you that he could be a franchise quarterback. This is a guy who has obviously dealt with some unfortunate injuries in his career. I get it. But he completes 65% of his passes, and he's only thrown 38 touchdowns to 25 interceptions. I just don't understand this concept, and I think it's just because uh, the Denver Broncos and their fan base are so thirsty for a franchise quarterback, so any shiny new potential toy looks interesting. The idea that you could pair Case Keenum next to uh, McCoy as a offensive coordinator, and you're like, okay, maybe this could work. You know, Joe Flacco in Rich Gangarello's system, okay, maybe this could work. You keep trying to convince yourself of something that is very obviously not going to happen. Stop, okay? Teddy Bridgewater is not the option here. Cam Newton is not the option here. It is time for the Denver Broncos to throw a dart, whether they have or not, on a franchise quarterback and be done with it and put the guy out on the field to start day one. If Drew Locke is your guy and that dart is already thrown, put him on the field and let's see it because I'm tired of waiting. Tired of waiting. I'm tired of the idea that this is a Broncos franchise that could go through another year of just pure raw developing of not knowing who the future is. Put Drew Locke out there so you can see what he does on the field. If Brendan Allen can make that offense look better and flash a little bit of potential, Drew Locke can. I don't understand this concept of everybody saying, well, you don't want to throw the rookie into the fire. Well, they did with Brendan Allen. And look how that turned out. Turned out pretty darn well. Okay, Drew Locke can have a bad game and show signs of potential. He can show signs of that mobility that he brings. He can show off that arm. He can show quick decision-making. And yeah, Rich Scangarello in that offense should be crafting a scheme that is a little bit more friendly to the rookie quarterback and his lack of experience or his lack of abilities or whatever may be the case, whatever he may be dealing with that they need to try to finesse or um, allow it to be easier for the kid, do it and let's see him play because I'm so done with the bridge quarterback thought and this idea that the Denver Broncos could be dipping into free agency again for another quarterback. Just be done with that idea and just say, you know what, it's time for the Denver Broncos to find a franchise quarterback. It's the Broncos Blitz uh, podcast, of course, presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 19, 20 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. All right, two quarterbacks in action over the weekend that I want to talk about and how should they be Denver Broncos. That's next. So, of course, the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14. Big thank you to them going up to the rooftop. Even on colder days, it is a heated rooftop, so very cool stuff over there. At Tab 14, my name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio, on Twitter. The Denver Broncos and their fans, I assume at least, were locked in on the game of the weekend, that game of the weekend being in college football. And 
That'd be an LSU and Alabama. Two darn good quarterbacks throwing the football around. Joe Burrow for LSU and Tua Tunga Viola for the Alabama Crimson Tide. This was a great game that usually, of course, when you hear Alabama and LSU, you think defense, right? No. It was an offensive shootout where the two teams combined for 85-plus points, 46-41. to 41. The final LSU pulls it out as Joe Burrow throws three touchdowns in the win. Tua Tunga Viola, four touchdowns on a bum ankle. I tell you what. Gritty performance from this kid. These are two quarterbacks that I have been very intrigued by for a while, and particularly in Joe Burrow's case, dating back to last year. This is a guy who um, finally having the opportunity to lead an offense, and I think many people, any LSU fans are finally saying, uh, finally a quarterback in that system, right? I mean, you, you think of the quarterbacks from LSU for a while, and they really haven't been that good ever since dating back to Zat Mettenberger. Uh, gosh, what was that, six, seven years ago, something like that. This is a Joe Burrow who uh, is going to understand pro defenses and what they do to him. He has struggled in the past uh, facing the Blitz and picking that up quick enough, but certainly this is something that obviously he is going to have to learn and gauge at the pro level. He also has a little bit of a tendency, and really you can almost say a lot of a tendency, to run with the football a little bit more than I find tasteful. Now, certainly that's a personal preference that other people are going to uh, have differ based on what you think a NFL quarterback should look like. I like mobility. I don't like running. And this is a guy who likes to run for the first down, and maybe even more so, is not as protective of his body and himself as he should be. Now, in college, you can get away with that. In the NFL, not so much. This is a quarterback who is going to get beat up and bludgeoned in the NFL world if he is trying to run like a running back, trying to get yards after the first contact. It's just not going to happen. you got to learn to slide, and durability is a big-time issue or at least a glaring situation that could be becoming a uh, situation in the future if he continues that at the NFL level. Got to learn to slide. Now, on the Alabama side, Tua Tunga Viola uh, has a knack for the deep ball that I haven't seen in years. He has the ability to drop passes in stride to wide receivers. This is dating back to the uh, game-winning touchdown against Georgia in the national championship where he just drops dimes to his wide receivers. Now, granted, between Smith and Judy, he's got a lot of talent at Alabama. And he's got a great running attack as well, too. But Tua Tunga Viola can sling the football. And this is a guy who is throwing at the top of his dropbacks. Uh, his delivery, sure, I guess if you want to criticize it because it's a little kind of funky-looking, left-handed, um, not as technically sound or uh, doesn't look as natural as it could be. I don't care. I don't care about this stuff. This is... This is really, um, in, in my opinion, analysis, uh, paralysis by analysis type discussion in the NFL because, you know, we talk about this all the time with mechanics and how a football should come out and yada, yada, yada. You know what? Phillip Rivers' mechanics look god-awful, okay? But I tell you what, he wins a couple games, and he's probably going to be a borderline Hall of Famer. He looks pretty good. We talk about height with a quarterback. You know what? Russell Wilson and Drew Brees are pretty darn good quarterback options, aren't they? I take Drew Brees on my team just about any day of the week, and Russell Wilson may be the best quarterback on the you know, on the football field right now this year. 
I just don't care about these small, stupid things that people keep analyzing. Hand size, you know, um, whether the guy can see over an offensive lineman or not. I'm done with this. You don't get any extra benefit or any extra uh, criticism if you were 6'5 or if you were 6'. I just don't care anymore. At this point, this is one of the situations where Denver needs to find themselves a franchise quarterback. And Tua Tunga Viola has got a good look to him. He is a winner. This is a guy who performs in clutch situations and even more so is grinding it out on a bum ankle and going down to the wire with arguably the best team in the in in the actual college football world and just about got the win on a comeback. Uh, this is a guy who was a national champion. This is a guy who uh, puts up some incredible statistics in the college football world. What is there not to like is really the question you should be asking because a lot of people don't like Tua Tunga Viola. A lot of people put a lot of criticism towards that name and the idea that, oh, he's not going to work out in the NFL because he kind of looks like Tim Tebow throwing the football and, you know, he, he's more of a, a running guy. He's not His body's not going to last, yada, yada, yada. Like, I just don't understand any of this criticism. It's not, it's not justified at all. And this is a guy in the college football world this year, 2,500 yards, 31 touchdowns, and three interceptions. That's a pretty good stat line for a guy who, by the way, last year threw for almost 4,000 yards, 43 touchdowns, and six interceptions. Okay, This guy has dominated the college football world. Now, I understand that the NFL is not the same, Okay, certainly. And, and being a, uh, a quarterback who runs more of a pro-style offense versus a, a more college football offense, that's certainly going to change things. But Tua has been able to make NFL throws all over the place, from far hashes to the sideline to deep balls and a, a, a beautiful ball that he's thrown over the last couple of years on deep routes. This guy has, has an electric arm, but for some reason a lot of people don't attach it to him, and I just don't understand that. These are two great quarterback prospects. Unfortunately for the Denver Broncos, if you are interested as a fan in either of these two, and if you're the Denver Broncos, I think it's going to be tough sledding trying to get these guys because when we look at the NFL draft order for 2020, Cincinnati at 0-9 is most certainly going to be looking at a franchise quarterback. The uh, other team that could be in front of the Denver Broncos looking at a quarterback, you look at Miami, you know, is really Atlanta sold on Matt Ryan long-term? I assume they are, but who knows? Uh, could Atlanta be involved? Tampa Bay almost certainly looking like they could be after a quarterback. There are going to be teams in front of them that are going to be looking at quarterbacks. And also on top of that, we're talking about seven, eight positions that you also have to avoid to trade out. You know, if you're Atlanta and you say, okay, we are good with Matt Ryan long-term if we are the Jets and we are good with Sam Darnold long-term and we have the opportunity to trade out of that pick because Tennessee wants a quarterback, or Indianapolis or Carolina or whoever the hell wants a quarterback wants to trade up and spend those assets, then those are going to be up for grabs. And maybe that includes Denver. You know, if Denver is sold on Joe Burrow, and this is where I just, uh, from a fundamental standpoint, if the Denver Broncos are sold on Joe Burrow or Tua Tunga Viola or Jake Fromm or Jacob Eason or 
whoever the heck is coming out in the draft, Justin Herbert as a turnkey day one starter. I want no projects anymore. Project and bridge. These are two words in the vocabulary that should be eliminated from the Denver Broncos vocabulary. Project and bridge. I want no more projects and I want no more bridges. I'm done with both. Find yourself a franchise quarterback and he's your turnkey day one starter. And you know what? If his first game that he goes out there, and this is no different to Drew Locke, if Drew Locke was to get thrown in later in the season, if he was to get thrown in there and he has all of his confidence lost in his first game because he has no idea what the hell he's doing and uh, he is a poor game, but even more so his confidence is devastated and hit hurts him long term, then he was never the guy to begin with. Okay, If one game is the reason why you lose all of your confidence that you've ever gained in a career and you don't learn from that situation, you are not franchise quarterback worthy in the first place. So I, I'm so done with this idea that throwing him to the wolves is going to destroy his confidence or, oh, it could damage him long term. Isn't that how guys learn? Isn't that how they learn? Hands-on experience with the idea that, look, he's going to make mistakes. That's more the question you should be saying is that, is he going to learn from those mistakes? And if the answer is yes, put him out there and start that training, start that discussion, that start that question, start that um, learning process now. Why would you delay it? What is he learning in practice? What is Drew Locke seriously learning in practice? I don't understand this concept. You know what? You might lose a bunch of games with a rookie quarterback starting in his first year. Yeah, but if he learns enough and then all of a sudden in his sophomore uh, you know, junior, senior year in the NFL, all of a sudden is looking pretty darn good. You won't even remember the rookie losses. But you know what? Right now, with the way you're doing it as the Denver Broncos with this bridge quarterback situation, six wins, five wins, and trending towards that same number this year. It's been an awful, awful season. I just don't understand why the Denver Broncos continue to do this with the idea that, oh, we're going to throw Brendan Allen in there and take the blows of the Minnesota Vikings defense and uh, face the tough defenses so that Drew Locke can get some cupcakes to start. Just stop. The Atlanta Falcons beat the Saint, the New Orleans Saints yesterday. There are no cupcake games in the NFL. There are no easy passes. Put him out there, give him experience, and stop with the bridges. Stop with the screwing around and start to figure out what you guy, what you have in this guy. Because if you don't have anything, you need to be looking at quarterback with your very first pick in the NFL draft. And maybe the Denver Broncos already know that. Maybe the Denver Broncos know that Drew Locke is not their guy. And that could very well be the case. Because, look, let's be honest. The Denver Broncos, they didn't like him at 10 last year in the NFL draft. What did they do? They traded out. They didn't like him at 20. They took Noah Fant instead. And quite frankly, they barely liked him enough in the second round and then they decided, you know what, this guy is good value. We're going to go ahead and move up and get this guy. This is a Denver Broncos team that needs to stop allowing other teams dictate their most important position. Stop with the bridges. Stop with the stopgap stuff. Do not bring in Cam Newton. Do not bring in Teddy Bridgewater. Find yourself a franchise quarterback. And I get it. John Elway talks all the time about how franchise quarterbacks don't grow on trees. I get it. But you know what? I would rather you select a quarterback high and miss 
and completely whiff, then you dabble with a 5-6 win season with with Case Keemum, with Joe Flacco, and maybe with another bridge quarterback in the future if they continue to go down that route. I'm done with it. Throw a dart at the board with a draft pick and see if it works. It's, it's time to start to look towards the future and put Drew Locke in, and I understand he's not going to see the field this week, and he's probably not going to see the field next week. But my goodness, they cannot do this soon enough for the Denver Broncos to start to give Drew Locke some real-life opportunity to see or at least make a decision in the idea that this is going to be our franchise guy moving forward, period. And just it's, it's getting very, very frustrating, and I think I echo a lot of the sentiments that the Broncos fans have. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 19, 20 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. By the way, Denver, after the weekend, now sits number nine in draft status, so they are inside the top ten, but barely. Now, they do lose the tiebreaker currently to Cleveland and Tampa Bay. Uh, they're actually all tied for the seventh pick overall with a three and six record. So Denver technically could be in that number seven spot. If Cleveland or Tampa Bay were to win a couple games, Denver were to continue to lose. Who knows? Obviously, there's a lot more shuffling going around. But again, remember, you know, if you're Denver, it doesn't matter where you are. A trade-up is very, very uh, much the opportunity. Uh, if you're the uh, Kansas City Chiefs a couple years ago, picking number 27th with a need at quarterback, what did they do? They moved up all the way to what was it, number 10? To pick some guy named Patrick Mahomes? It's a pretty good idea, wasn't it? Pretty good assets spent, right? All of a sudden, that franchise's trajectory changed completely, and the Denver Broncos need to do the same with their trajectory as well, too, because right now the arrow, when it comes to the quarterback position, pointing down, and it is a red, red arrow. Broncos Blitz Podcast, we are all done. Appreciate you tuning in. Of course, you can follow on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio for more discussion on the Broncos at Ronnie K Radio. And of course, always at MyLifeSports.com and the all new MyLife Sports mobile app that's free for Apple and Android. Wherever you get your podcasts, be sure to uh, subscribe, whether it be Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, of course, MyLifeSports.com. Be sure to go check it out. I am all done. We'll see you next time on the Broncos Blitz podcast. And, of course, for more player profiles, interviews, discussions, debates, go to milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. Later, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.